of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Steve. I'm Ward. Mike. And I'm Dan. All right, so this episode is going to contain a solid 20% more Nurgle than usual. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Tom's sick, so that's probably why you can't uh, entirely understand who's talking right now. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) So on today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about an upcoming challenge we've got on the go, uh, which we'll get into a little bit more detail about. We're going to be talking about some of the new things that have come out, which I think the biggest one right now is going to be the new 40k edition. If you didn't know there was a new 40k edition, you might be dead. (laughs) So we're going to do a lot of detail on that, and then we're going to cover some of the implications that it has for tournament play, and finish off with some more upcoming tournaments. Yep, there's going to be a... I think tournament play is going to be probably the biggest part of this episode. So if you're into that, stay tuned. Awesome. So let's start things off. Steve, what have you been working on this week? Well, uh, lately I've been trying to get my head around the new rules, so it's not really hobbying, but that took up a significant amount of painting time. But I did actually manage to go back and continue working on my Sam Hine stuff that I've been working on since the LVO. I got a little bit more, uh, I finished up actually the two race nights and got a significant uh, amount of the Wave Serpent uh, touch-ups done. And I did also manage to finally put together the most of my knights because all the sub-assemblies are painted. Hooray! That's me. There are three knights looking at us so, right now. So, mm-hmm. And they have gold and their like, weird little cowl thing over their head. I don't know what that thing is really called. Their hoods? Metal, sure. metal foreskin? Metal hood. Let's call it a metal hood. <laughs> I'm going <gonna keep, laughs> to keep the, the genital jokes out of it right now. You realize hood is still a genital joke, right? <laughs> okay. Moving on from me, I guess. Ward! <laughs> Well, I, uh, in anticipation of 7th edition, I started getting some more ideas for my uh, ever-painting Imperial Fist army that I need to work on. Uh, so I started doing some basing ideas with uh, plastic or tiles, and I sent pictures to you guys to see which one was better. And you guys are all jerks because you had a exactly 50-50 split on it. So, now <laughs> I'm just like, so oh, I want to know, damn it. who agreed what? with who? When are you going to paint actual marines? Well, bases are an important <laughs> factor of models, Steve, so... Uh, not... Have you seen the one that I had to paint up for Onslaught? I think that proves that bases are not an important it's, part it's of the model. No, 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 bases... on your base. <laughs> bases are an important factor, but only if the models actually get painted. True. It'll get there. Don't so worry. I went with... I went with the... I don't know how to explain this, but you had one that was a little more, like, cartoony blue. Both of them have, like, blue, and then one has more of a gray tone uh, in the checker tiles, and then one is more like a yellow-brown checker tile. I went with the one on the right. Yes. Which was that one? That was the more the gray one. Okay. Yeah, we agreed. Yeah, Yeah. right. The first time Tom and Steve agreed on anything. We're right. And I went with the yellow-brown accent, and there's actually a pretty good reason for that, mostly because I'm trying to convince Ward to do a little bit of, like, weathering and chipping on his Imperial Fists, because they Mm -hmm. look amazing like that. Mm-hmm. And gray dust on yellow models could look pretty weird, whereas brown dust on yellow models looks amazing. Although, True. my argument was the fact that you're going to get more contrast with the gray base than you would with having everything being in the same tonal spectrum. But but having, not... having the blue and the gray in some of the squares on the tiles is one thing, but the gravel and the dust being gray, it leaves you nowhere to put weathering on the vehicles. 
My, right. my, my point was is that I thought the same thing as Dan is that it would help tie in the model with the base, whereas the other one would be too much of a contrast. It would be like uh, it'd be too hard. Okay. Whereas the other one is a blend from one environment to the next. But I think there's there's a good point to be made here from a realism standpoint. You guys are probably right. From a tournament painting standpoint, we're probably right because there's just more clashing and more contrast. I think co- depends on what you're going. We're, we're trying for. to get more contrast, not necessarily more clashing. But here's the challenge. The Hobby, the Hobby Night in Canada challenge for Ward specifically is paint two Imperial Fists. Two of them. And put one on each base and see which looks better when you're done. Oh, man, then I gotta rip it off of one of the bases. And Are we really sad. asking him that? Because I don't think he could do it right I anytime soon. And... If you guys want to see Ward paint up two models and we'll post it on our feed, let us know. I think you probably the answer is yes. This is probably pure well, pressure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna paint. I'm gonna post the bases and see what people think. Well, no, no, no. You can't tell it up the model. You gotta put a model on two it too. Two finished fists. I don't think you talk about this imperial fist army, but you can't call it an army if you don't have a single model for Ward, it. Let me put it this way. I have a lot of. Let models me put it this way. Them. Are we they were put together? <laughs> Some of them. <laughs> all right, all right. So here's the thing. You've been working on this Imperial Fist Army as long as I've Wait, known you. I've been collecting this Imperial Fist Army. Let's, You've let's been put cleaning, it that way. cleaning Space Marines <laughs> are, for this Imperial Fist Army. They are the cleanest army that you will ever see. That has never been painted. You painted half painted one Dreadnought like seven or eight years ago. I got a question for you, Warren. I, I didn't even do Dreadnought. Did you did you clean the 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 bottom like the soles of the feet? Yes. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Mike, Mike, what have you done this week? Actually, all I did was get a lot of models prepped, um, a lot of Malifaux. Uh, I've got the rest of my uh, drop zone stuff is ready and primed now, uh, getting ready to take them on the paint. Um, that's it. It's all been prepped for me. And not a lot of painting, unfortunately. Uh, drop zone. That's fair. you got to prep before you can paint. Yeah. Right? But uh, yeah, that's Wait, actually. How come wait. that's okay for Mike to do, not me? Because <laughs> he paints models. We know he, he will did, eventually. He did all of his prep for like two armies this week. You guys are still assholes. <laughs> <laughs> and you still don't paint models. Dan, what have you been working on? Uh, I've been, as always, a little bit scatterbrained, but um, like Mike, I've been uh, more getting ready for the upcoming painting challenge than um, actually... <laughs> like Mike? Yes. Exactly like that movie that I, I never saw, so I don't know where to go with this challenge. I don't know. I never yeah. saw the movie either. I know it's about a but, male stripper, what? I think, right? No, that's Google. Magic that's Mike. Mike? What's Like Mike? Was that Andre no. the Giants? No. What? Like Mike is the one about Michael Jordan. Oh, I'm totally wrong. I thought you were The one where Michael Jordan movie. is a male stripper? <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> we all would. Sorry, but, Dan. Before but, you go too far, you should probably mention what the challenge is. No, 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 no that's actually going too far. But yeah, okay, but then you shouldn't mention the challenge yet. But the, I didn't bring it up. Okay, wait, wait. Next one. We'll just keep going. What you been working on? We, I really want to talk about prepping. this challenge. I built Wood Elves, and I was doing some conversions for my Borderlands models. Now let's get to the painting oh, challenge. Or oh, what? Or oh, we're talking wait, wait. this week. No, you were just sick. I always forget Tom, and that's the way it shall forever be. <laughs> Tom, what were you working on? Nothing. <laughs> no, I actually <laughs> I cleaned my hobby room so that I could actually use it again. Oh, that's always good. That's actually a significant part of hobbying is cleaning your hobby space. Yeah, that happens far too. It's also frequently here. Also, a very significant part of maintaining a relationship with a significant other. Yeah, that's why it's in the basement. I think I think I have stuff in like pretty much every room. <laughs> Of my like condo, like, and you're my... still married. That's amazing. and I'm still married, so that's that's a step. What so. you, what you meant 
to say is you have clean space marine bits in every room. <laughs> in every room. <laughs> little like, baggies. They, they, like an alcoholic. Like, you're like, I was going to say, more little like baggies, and it's like, what is this? There's some in the toilet tank. There's some, <laughs> 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 some inside the pillows. Like, <laughs> you never know where you may need to clean space marines, you know? It just, it's a thing. I have to, they have made a trip to Mexico and back. And <laughs> okay. Why? Okay. I wanted to say, uh, Dan, you need to post some pictures of those Borderlands conversions because they are way too cool. So. Well, thank you. We'll, we'll do that later, but we do need to move on to the painting challenge because. Assholes. And it's which is cool. part of Ward's favorite segment. Hobby break! All right. So for those of you that know the man, John Wong is probably the most prolific painter. John the Boreental Wong? Sure. The that's, one and only. The one and only. Yeah. The mm-hmm. Boreental. Yes. He's painted more models than anyone else that I know. Easily. Yeah, yeah I think uh, I think Jay yeah. Griffiths has may have beaten on beat him on some occasions in terms of like literally painting an army in a weekend because you got bored. John <laughs> might take like three or four days to do an army, but we've seen Jay do it in two. Uh, so uh, infantry Imperial Guard Army. I think in two jo- days. John, I'm sure you'll post up in the comments if you if we get this wrong, but I think you've painted 18 Space Marine chapters and not like a tactical squad, like 1850 tournament legal list. Tur- for... Yeah, tournament size. I've never yeah. seen him take the same army to a tournament twice. I, I have salamanders. Oh, yes. so those are his babies. That's the one. Uh, yeah, I know. That's his. That's his jam. He has uh, Eldar <laughs> Army. He's got. Uh, He's got in guard. He's got chaos. I don't think there's one he doesn't have. Krons, Tau. What else? He had knight army at the last onslaught. That's his jam. That's his jam. <laughs> okay. that, that's how Steve talks. I'm used to it. No one else is. You are so. You so salamanders are his jam. Well, that's, that's what he does. That's his thing. Come I on. I think you're biased because you have salamanders. I love too. my salamanders too. But anyway, so terrible. the moral of this story <laughs> is that we, as a group of five people, have challenged him to see who can paint the most models. During the summer. We are, we are going, so dead. We are going to lose badly. I hey, positive thinking here, guys. I think we can do this. <laughs> I think Mike can we do this. We got Ward on our so team. Now, what do you mean? I want to say also, not only are we uh, we're going to try and do this over the summer while we all are working, uh, John has come into a uh, setup with uh, the place he works at, has some insurance issues, and he's uh, away from work for this period. Yeah, work is closed for three months, so he is going to be like 24-7 army painting while we are all in the office. Which was why this challenge sounded great to me until I heard about that. See, I, <laughs> I think he should be like out for eight hours. Like, he can be out of his house for eight hours a day, just like a regular work day. Doing what? You realize have, no, I don't care. Go to the park. Sleep under a tree. <laughs> just be out of your house and not, not sleep picking under yourself. a tree. He has so, to be a homeless person. So, John, you're going to have to become a drifter for eight hours of your day. <laughs> I don't care what you do, but yeah, apparently it's not modeling. Panhandle? I don't care. <laughs> They'll just give him more money for models. That's the last thing we need. No, he should build the... Well, he already has been building lots of scenery for us. Yeah. So shout out for that. Keep that up. That shouldn't count. <laughs> scenery for us? I, I would argue that it would count double. No. We're trying to stay okay. in this challenge. <laughs> okay. That's even yeah, started we yet. We are so humped, it's not even funny. There's five of us, oh, yeah. and we are all terrified that we're gonna lose. Because what yeah. did they say? He is primed or building five armies right now, currently? Yes, he says he will have five armies primed by June first, which is the starting date of the painting oh, challenge. Man. So he'll I have paint, five armies ready to go. Is he, I'll paint an army in a year. This is not gonna work. He should assign one army to each here. of us and crush each one of us like slowly, one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> it's Just so much like, more convenient for oh, him yeah. to crush them all, si- so, us all simultaneously. Actually, though. I like that. If you had like 
this chapter of Marines represents Dan. And then you paint that one, Dan is crushed, destroyed, <laughs> and you're out. Like, I like that. Just well, he, the methodical destruction his raven of guard. our souls. Oh. He's doing his Raven Guard. Okay, so that's okay assign, assign the Raven Guard. Raven Guard is dead. What else is he working on? Do we know? No. Ultramarines, Ultramarines, Orc, Tyranids, High Elves, and Malifaux. I'll take High Elves. I'll take Orcs. I guess I take Malifaux? Or Mike takes Mike Malifaux. It doesn't matter. I'll take the leftovers. I'll take Ultramarines because that makes zero sense for me, but whatever. You love 40K. You like Yeah, okay. They're the poster boys of 40K. I'll take that. That makes sense. And I'm sure John, it's been decided. And I'm sure he'll paint some more armies when he gets bored. Just You can also throw the guard on me and do it twice. Oh yeah, he did a guard army. Yeah, that's happened too. I forgot that's on his list too. He was like, yeah, what? <laughs> Six armies is on that list? Yeah, Mal it's five no, no, armies no. plus four Malifaux crews. And the guard army was done before I think the five armies even started. Like we started talking was, about this and he was just like, I'm gonna do this. I think this that was his, I think that was his Scion army that's done and I think he's doing a guard army now. Yeah, I already failed a challenge. Them. I had to get those three knights done to play John. I had one done and got absolutely crushed. It's gonna happen twice again? Like how does this, <laughs> whatever, anyways. I'll bring you some tissues for next podcast. Yeah, I might need it. Well, we'll be a, it's, we're doing the whole summer. It won't be next podcast. I get some time to be destroyed in. There'll yes. be maybe multiple podcasts of us being horribly embarrassed <laughs> by this guy. Yeah, okay, so good. Perfect. For sure. So keep your eyes open, guys. We'll be posting on the Facebook page and all over the place pictures of the stuff we're working on. And yeah, you will have all kinds of visual evidence of the shellacking we are going to get from John Wong. We'll, we'll throw out the rubric, the marking. We'll call it markering rubric for uh, Whoa! Uh, for how we're going to get points for this. <laughs> so Is that your jam? That's my jam. <laughs> I love rubrics. I don't actually play an, an army with armor. You, you should play so Zinch, yeah. yeah. I was I just going to say. That's, sound like, that's, yeah. that's my army. Sound like Thousand Sons. <laughs> Is it still painted? <laughs> Didn't you paint over you it? You sold it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I have so, I have some so I can back to again. this this <laughs> scoring rubric. Well, you get one point for an infantry model. You get two points for a large, so like an ogre and kind of thing. Or terminator uh, ogres are oh, next on the list. Yeah. Ogres. So for <laughs> terminators, you get two, three points for ogre sized, five for monster, and ten for uh, super heavy. So the five for monsters also regular vehicles like a rhino kind of yeah, thing, right? Yes. Okay. And then this is going to translate. So into I believe war it does say. Well. I do believe it says monster slash regular sized vehicle. So. Yeah, you might have typed that. Yep. <laughs> uh, you also get two points extra for a character version of any of the of the above. So if you manage to have a character super heavy, you get 12, I guess. Is that a thing? That I happens? don't know if that's a thing. But in nature? If, if you had like a character cavalry model or like a whatever. Gotcha. Theoretically. Uh, Theoretically. And plus two for extensive conversions. So I would go so far as to say your Borderlands are racking this up. Three points each model that take if you away. If they ever get painted. Oh, that's right. They have to be painted. Only <laughs> there is there is a caveat here. Since Ward is so good at cleaning models, I am the best. He gets one point for every model. No, half, a point. Half, half, half a point. Half Sorry, a point. Sorry, half a point. Okay, so he would if he cleaned up a Titan, he'd get five. Is that how this works? Yeah, I think he gets a fifty percent okay. completion just for getting it fully ready to go. Because even that is a stretch. So. Wow. I, so I, the gauntlet has been thrown down, Ward. I am I'm awesome at cleaning my models, though. So we're relying on you to clean <laughs> double whatever uh, he paints. Just, just uh, does, he ha does it have to be assembled for, or just clean? I think it was fully cleaned and assembled. Yes. Okay. It has to be assembled, okay, okay. Because yeah. baggies, baggies full of Bag shoulder pads do us no good. The Space Marine head, like, Oh, I would, I would love to or... see us win by just like, <laughs> cleaning 10,000 Marine shoulder pads. <laughs> Or something insane. <laughs> we'll just fill in for Ward at work, and he'll just be sitting there cleaning models. <laughs> I, oh, that's awesome. That's what my lunch breaks will be. Uh, all right, so that's our hobby break for this week. Yeah, shall uh, we get this thing moving along? Yeah, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so in other news, our Hobby Night in Canada podcast 
feed is going to actually be moving. We don't have the specific one yet, but as it stands right now, we are using an Out of the Basement Gaming feed, and we're going to be opening that one up for the out of, uh, some of the other Out of the Basement guys to have one of their own podcasts, which I definitely recommend you guys check out. And we're going to be moving it over to a more Hobby Night in Canada-specific one. So stay tuned. We should have the, any information up for that in the next few days. And we will probably... I can guarantee we're going to plaster it over everything so people will know what's going on. We don't want to... Yeah, and our, I think I think the biggest thing is that you're gonna have to like just re hit su subscribe again on iTunes. I believe this is gonna be the big a thing. I believe oh. I believe we may actually be able to update the feed in iTunes like ourselves, so that the other people don't have to do the work. You may have to reclick subscribe, but I think there is a way that we can just change the address in the background. So basically, so that what Dan's changes. trying to say is you're gonna have to recompile your Linux kernel, run this on some sort of SCP box. And then do all sorts of other crazy stuff, and you'll be able to get our feet again, right? Whenever you say something about that, I just think of that scene from Jurassic Park where it's like, it's a Unix system. I know this. And it's like Tron. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> there's no way Unix. Sorry, that's a, just, I'm getting really computer nerdy. Anyways, we should move on. Point is, it's moving. Uh, stay tuned for details. Yeah, so not a huge thing. Just wanted to let you guys know that, uh, yeah, the episodes will stay up on the existing feed. And uh, for future episodes, they'll be going up on the new ones. So keep your eyes open and we'll post all the details. It's just because we're awesome and we need more room. Yeah, yep, we're, we're too big. We cannot be contained in a single bandwidth limit. So. <laughs> okay, so let's start talking about some of the new and exciting things that Games Workshop has thrown our my way. My favorite pieces of art that Dan has shown me for the week, GW paint sets. Oh my god. <laughs> they are glorious. Um, so if anybody doesn't know, these are hearkening back to the old school, uh, I guess, paint sets or yeah. whatever they were. There's an old painting guide from, I believe somebody said, I think it was like 1986 or 1988 or something like that. It's like a really old publication cover with a picture of the golden demon painting models and so the new <laughs> box art for the new paint sets is the said golden demon painting miniatures of himself getting like a weirdly sexual arousal going on the creepy the creepy oh, creepy, creepy smiles on his faces as he's dry brushing himself blue it's, it's, it's real weird and the model the model he's dry brushing is also weirdly aroused it's so himself. let's just let's just move on and has a different magical pose depending on what kind of paints that you're getting yeah, yeah, he's kind of spread eagled on. I think the, which one is it? Oh, I think the layer one. Yeah, I think it's the layer one. He's okay. It's, no. it's, it's, it's all weird. So the other thing, so the part that I do like though is the one where he's very upset. Is which one? Base coat. Yeah, because that sucks. Everybody yes. knows that sucks. <laughs> he's, he's super enjoying every other step of painting his ass blue, except when he's <laughs> when he's base coating himself. He looks really grumpy. So, it is amazing. So Mike, which is your favorite set? I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, realistically, the sets themselves aren't that much to speak of. I mean, they do have... It's basically your old school sets where you're going to have a sort of a layer, like intro paint set kind of thing. And then you've got a base set. You're gonna, I think... I don't know. Yeah, what there's a layer have. set, a dry set, and a dry, wash set. That's what it is, yeah. yeah. There's actually more. There's one that has some clippers and glue in it as well. There's a... I think there's a... <laughs> I think there's an edge. We're set. scrolling there's, through like the five. photos and laughing. <laughs> They're just weird. It's like, oh, he's really thinking about the layer paint set. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I don't I don't really know what they were thinking. But, but at the end of the day, it's it's mm. a set of brush it's a set of paints, it's a brush. They save you, depending on the set, between like five and fifteen, twenty bucks maybe. If you're brand new just getting into painting, it will save you a couple dollars. There's some really weird miming going on in the background. I'm trying to figure out what I these guys are next. communicating. We need to move on from this. Well, next, it's not yeah. that exciting. next is going to be probably my favorite coaster I've ever bought, which is the tactical objective cards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. We're going to talk about the new stuff that came out for 40K. Yeah. That's not, that's not on mine. Well, you, you improv. 
Okay, okay. The... Yeah, we're going to make this a 40K-centric <laughs> podcast. Okay, okay, we're moving on to that. Okay, so yeah. the, the tactical objective... Well, there was actually two sets of cards that came out. Well, but we're talking about the tactical objective cards right now. <laughs> we're going to start with the the TOs. Tactical. Why don't we just get into a big fist fight right <laughs> now? <laughs> okay. We're also very happy about this edition. <laughs> yeah, this game is really bringing, bringing out the best in us. Yeah. It's no kidding. So, for me, I when I look at this, it's good quality. It's got a nice container. The cards are a good stock. But the content is shit. Okay. I I, I think we should... Uh, should we leave the content? Because the content needs to be examined in a hole. In a nice... It needs to be... <laughs> the shit needs to be looked at in a hole? No, because it's only... The, the product itself is actually really nice. The like physical, the, tangible product. Yeah. It, it looks good. It's good, it's typical, good manufacturing quality. It's typical GW. You're, you get... I'd say what you pay for in terms of its manufacturing. Quality-wise, yeah. You may not like what it is or the, the aesthetic of whatever, whatever you're buying, but, I mean, these cards are nice, and the box is actually really sweet. And for once, they're giving you a box that closes and is reusable with cards instead of just wrapping them in plastic and saying, yeah. go play. The I mean, old plastic uh, psychic cards, too, that had, like, the little, like, snap-open thing, it didn't really work that well. You, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yep. yes. psychic cards. This is better. The one that you lost. I bet you. The one that I lost. Yeah. I bet you could put a lot of like clean space green helmets in there. Ugh. You probably could. It's probably what it's useful for. Um, It'd probably be more useful than carrying around tactical objective cards that you'll never use. All right, so <laughs> that's tactical objective cards. If you haven't seen them, take a look at GW's website. I would suggest. Do we want to do a rating on this? Because it's going to be bad. The quality of the product. Let's is rate quite it on high. the quality. Let's rate it on the quality and presentation, because if we rate it on content, this is going to be bad. So I would give it on quality and presentation a four. It's a little drab for its colors. I'll, I'll agree with a four on this. Okay. I was going to say a four. Four pucks? Four pucks. I'm going to go with three. Ooh. As, but yeah. listen, the listen to the sound of these cards. Box. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Dan, what do you think? I Well, we've already got the one guy who disagrees, so I'll say four. All right. Oh, that's okay. right. Let's move yeah, on yeah. to the other set of cards. Okay, well, these ones I actually think, uh, well, they look identical in most. In Psychic some... power cards for the people that can't see what's in yes. front of the microphone Sorry. right now. <laughs> uh, for those of, of you that haven't taken a look at these, these are a little bit bigger than the tactical objective cards, but otherwise twice the Twice the colors, size, actually. Are they actually twice the size? Yeah, look at this. For those of you out there, <laughs> you'll notice yeah. it is exactly, exactly twice, twice the size. The size. Uh, that being said, the colors are identical. Um, you get a little bit different artwork depending on the discipline that uh, you're looking at. So, obviously, Biomancy is a different icon than Divination. Obviously. Um, is this all John Blanche again? Oh, yeah, for sure it's John mm. Blanche. So, if you're not into John Blanche, you won't like the iconography. But otherwise, it's the same box. It's decent quality. I'm going to give it another four. Because they look nice. They look Why nice. Not? We can't talk about content until we talk about the whole game system. I'm, so. I'm going to go down on this on a three. I think... <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! Okay, all right. But it has such a nice box. Okay, I, I just got that. It took a second. Okay, I'm giving this product three. Why? Is that better? Why? It's double the size. It should have more to it, and it doesn't. It's It's... It's more, the same color, it's same stuff. It's flat to me, right? Okay, like, fair enough. They're, they're the cards. cards are flat. <laughs> they're flat. Yeah, they're they could have be. been embossed. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, they could have been I'm, braille. I'm they actually going to go to a four because it's got a lot of artwork on it. 
and I I like that. That's just because I voted for a three. Yeah, it? probably. Dan? Yeah, I give them a four. I think they're pretty <laughs> solid. They're you know they're good quality cards. You they will be handy because you will be generating approximately thirty spell cards if you're playing competitive forty k. So you're gonna need a set of cards. And Might these be. ones sound like this. <laughs> Now that being We're said, really making the most of our medium here. If you, Dan, I wanted to say, if you're, if you're generating 30 to 50 spells, you actually need 50 of those decks. That's true. You probably need um, about eight sets of Demonology. Yeah. Oh, anyways, we'll move on from that. Um, the other thing that came out from uh, GW side of things is the new rule book. Or dun, 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 books. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, one set, three books. Um, Let's start at the beginning, shall we? With number one. One digital copy. Or one digital copy. Yes. Yes, but you wouldn't want to do that. I, I bought it. You want the nice hardcover, beautiful book. No. Look at this. It's all the pictures of all the models you haven't bought yet. So anyways, this book... Oh my god. So the first book, for those of you who are not able to see this... Every uh, which is everybody. <laughs> which is everyone. Uh, a Galaxy of War is their alleged hobby book. I don't know if there's any hobby in it. Which it's miniature porn. Me. Yeah, but this is... We're not going to... Again, okay. this isn't rules, so I'd like to talk about this first. And to specify, we don't mean naked midgets. <laughs> I, let me interrupt for a hobby yeah. book to me is showing you how something is done, explaining how something is done, not pictures of what it looks like after you're done. It well, go somewhere you, else then, Mike. Yeah. It should yeah, show you how to clean models. <laughs> yes. Um, they have a picture of a painting guide, I think. Yeah, there's... the only, there's. Uh, they're like, buy this other book it's not for a, a painting guide. To, then it's not a hobby book. It's a catalog. It's a, it is, 100%. Well, a not even a catalog because I mean it doesn't have like parts or anything like that. No. I would say it's more of just a. It's a pretty picture book. Okay, no, but this 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 yeah. is very much right in there, the right there, and it has a centerfold center of Wraith Knights. Of Wraith Knights. It is full on hobby porn. Yeah, I what, totally want to sign that for you and say I, like, would you like to like? No, no. But here's the thing. <laughs> Didn't even Shut get to up, the punchline. Let me line. let me get to my punchline. Then have one. <laughs> Hey, baby, what do you think of my Pulse Lance? Uh, it's actually Heavy wow. D Cannon. Shut yeah. up! You could have got way more sexual. Anyways, the chance for the hell. I uh, hate you, Steve! <laughs> can we can we go back? That's also the box art for the Wraith Knight, so if you've seen their website, that's rehashed. Uh, but it's bigger. It's about the same size as a Wraith Knight box. It's not no, much it's, this bigger. this is bigger. How big that's is the box bigger. that the Heavy D comes in? <laughs> Huge. <laughs> um, anyways... The point of this is, I think <laughs> it's very much the same as their, what is it, White Dwarf Visions? Yes. It reminds me except, so much except of White this, Dwarf Visions. You don't, I was going to say you don't really have to pay for it, but let's face it, you're already you paying did. $30 for it. You paid $30 for it. You paid more than White Dwarf You would Visions. never pay for it if you had a choice, I would say. I do I do think the pictures are nice. Yes. There's a few that are... That it's being said, not like, a hobby book. It's, it's not. It's, it's not a hobby book. And it's no. never going to see the light of day. I look through it once and I'm done. I was just going to say, my, my most proficient phase of the hobby is the buy models phase, so it aligns with my version of the hobby. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Oh, and it has a centerfold of Truckosaurus of Corn. Oh, which, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you don't have that hanging up on your wall, you're not living. <laughs> vroom, vroom, baby. I, I was Sunday, telling the guys Sunday, early, Sunday. I really want to convert this guy up to have a truck that says giver on it. Oh, my God. That's perfect. No, just a hat. For those of you not listening to Alberta, that is so relevant culturally to us. <laughs> um... We should move on from this book. Or truck nuts uh, in the back. Yes. Oh, totally. I'm sure, he's got, I'm sure he's got a hitch on the back oh, that we can hang some truck nuts. <laughs> if that thing doesn't have a hitch and diesel stacks, I'm going to be pretty shocked. Uh, I want to rate this because uh, I want to get it over with because I'm kind of upset about this one. A one. 
one puck. That's as good as I can get. I'm going to give it two. Um, I think people that are getting into the hobby are going to find this like more useful. Oh, right? Can I can so. I change my rating? No, no, about it's done. Game? You're one. You're one. I'm moving it to a two. Sorry. If people getting into this will find this interesting. Yeah, right. for sure. Right? So, Mike, you have to give it between one and five pucks. You can't give it zero. Well, you can if you want. One. But I'm just giving it a one. I'm sorry. It's not a hobby book. It's mm-hmm. not. Agreed. It's 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 totally misleading. It's not right. Well, I'm I'm giving it three because at the end of the day, it's it's not even trying to be a painting book. So I'm not going to judge it on something it's not trying to be. It's showing you. What are you talking about? It has one page that says painting. Painting your collection. Done. You're that's it. One page. So, so a hobby book. Totally. But no, it's as as just an idea of like what the armies are, what the collecting side but, of the hobby is. But then there's it a is paragraph not from a Warden hobby here. book. It is a decision Assembly. book or yeah. a. But that's what, not a no, word. No. That's yeah, not okay. a. That's not but a. Concept. It's also not a hobby book. But I don't okay. know. The, so, anyways, you've rated it a three. I give it a three. It's Nobody's... not. It's. I'm not going to judge it on something that it's not even trying to do. It's. It's a really pretty book. It's very well put together. It's just not particularly useful. Tom, can I give it two ratings? Uh, no. sh- you know what? It, sure. The, right. This is so weird. Go for, for it. For the new hobbyist, I think it's a one, because it doesn't give you any useful information for assembling your models or painting your models. But the one thing it does do is it gives you really high res pictures that are quite large of heavy metal painted miniatures. So So someone that knows the techniques already, you're now seeing exactly how they're being executed in a better way. So my favorite example is there's a picture of a homunculus in here that's 8.5 by 11. So I want to talk about the internet. And GW has a website that has these photos in high res. Yeah, like they they have the photos in high res. If you buy any of the digital stuff, um, the iTunes enhanced ones, they have... The really high resolution pictures so, you can blow up. Yeah, but it's not in a book. You know what? If you have the, if you don't <laughs> I can't have the, smell it's, it. It's I, in an ebook. If you don't have the internet, I'd give this a five. And if you do have the internet, they yeah. actually they actually have a lot of painting videos on the YouTube channel now yeah. for like how to do the basic techniques. So this is this so, is totally in my mind at best a two. And it, sorry, we're gonna argue about this one because it's so well, silly. It's, it's functionally useless. I mean, yeah. the, the biggest thing too is like the digital like version that I have is like I can click to like expand the picture, but then I have to also move it around to see the entire picture. Yeah, like, it's not, Whereas it's not these centerfolds, you can just while you're on the john or something, just flip them down. Yeah, I think you, go. you could put a nail right through the book, hang it on the wall. <laughs> uh, <laughs> comfortable. But you guys are forgetting the best marketing feature of this book is because it's entirely separate. The fact that it's useless means you don't have to carry it around. Ah, that's a good there point. There you go. Selling right. feature. Moving on so, to the next useless No one's really excited about this. Uh, this one I actually kind of like. This is, uh, what is it? Uh, Dark, Millennium. Dark Millennium. So this is the, uh, this also is one of those throwback things. This is a expansion set for second ed. Yes, I'm kind of uh, sad that it doesn't have a cardboard cutout, like power station. <laughs> or I would have bought it twice. It This game's psychic phase is kind of like second ed, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, this is your This is your fluff book. This is everything with the background of 40k. Um, oh, not everything. A good intro to the background of 40k. I think what this book does is it talks a lot about the 41st millennium, and really kind of glosses over the the 30. Like the, yeah, but that's okay. As it should. Stuff. That's okay Which because is... the 30k stuff. If you want to get into that. Not only is that Black Library's territory now, it's also 10k's away. Yeah, it's not this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally is 10k the difference between 30k and 40k is exactly 10k so <laughs> no the the it's, dark millennium book ooh. is has some nice art it's got one of my favorite pieces actually that one that ward is looking at oh, right really? now that's your favorite uh, i love that one if you uh, i was would love to have used that for our website but 
apparently that's under copyright. Um, but it's the Terra, the Gates of Terra. So it's the um, entrance to the Holy City in like Tibet or wherever the Emperor's Palace is. Yeah, with all the fancy bridges oh, and so custodians. Cool. It's and... got. If you look in this piece of art, actually, it's got all. I think all the loyal Primarchs still. Like you can see them standing oh, around. Oh, really? Over there. Yeah, the yeah, statues they're on of the, the statues. Primarchs? It's yeah. a sweet. Piece like oh, there's scroll, Con, yeah, there's, uh, Con, there's ones there. There's Sanguinius. Sanguinius yeah, I, it's pretty badass piece of art. But so you get a lot of cool art in here. But it's a lot of it's rehashed. This one is from uh, fourth, I think. I think that one fifth? might have really? been from the previous one, wasn't it? I, I don't remember seeing. Seen, I don't I've remember seeing that seen one. In one I have it in my. I'll show you it in my rule book for sure. Let's, it's in six. Let's I try to have all event. of us talk at the same time. As I know, is this one new? Uh, no. Again, not conducive to good podcasting. Instead of talking about specific pictures where people don't know what we're talking about. It's a John Blanche inspired sort of uh, cover page. It's that is almost, not John Blanche. Na, na, inspired. Inspired. That, to, John me, Blanche that looks, to me that looks like Adrian Smith. So yeah, but it's inspired totally by John Blanche. Look at how many skulls and servos. Pages 26 and 27. Look at these faces. That is John Blanche to a They team. don't all have eye patches no. and peg legs and fur trim and checkers right. and a sun with a face on it and a two-headed bird eagle. And there's solid lines. It's not red, black, and gold. <laughs> It's, and it's, it's finished and doesn't make me want to there's, vomit. There's so. other colors in Whoa, there. So. Okay, anyways. Now, now, all the little like pieces on the bottom, I think, are like garbage artwork. Oh, yeah, totally. They're I, just I hate them. Like I was just like, what the hell as, am I looking at? As someone who has tried to write this length of like a rule book before, filler images are amazing from a designer standpoint because you don't have to rewrite the paragraphs every time you change the font size. And, all that, right. and that's fine and dandy, but I think the artwork that they chose was, was I don't crap. Know. I didn't mind it. I have one major complaint. They don't mention the Iron Warriors. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, we could go very much into depth on that one. Um, but I think we should rate this one because, eh, for me, a very mediocre three. Really? It's, it's got, I'm going to, that idea of the intro hobbyist, it gives you the background. It's got some decent art. Three is probably a little high, but I'll, I'll stick with it. Right. Ward, what do you think? I'm actually going to give it a five. I, I like 40K, I think has the most background, the most richly detailed history of like any game system that I currently play. And I think that like this book is the way to like really immerse yourself in that. And so like for me, like I think intermediate hobbyists, I think beginner like hobbyists into like this system are really going to take advantage of this. Somebody that's been around for a while and like knows more of the lore uh, is not going to get as much out of it. Do you so. think they couldn't have put some new artwork in? Because it's a, so much of it is rehashed. Well, I mean, for it me, like that, that doesn't bother you. Your favorite picture? I've never seen before. It, but it's in the sixth rule book. I've n- Ward maybe doesn't I, play. Maybe Ward doesn't paint models or play it. games. So All right. I glanced over it. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Mike, what do you I've think of this one? It. You know what? Um, I'm going to give it two because it's yep. nothing new. It's nothing spectacular. All I have to do is go grab my other two editions, and I've got everything that that's in that. What? Uh, why am I paying for it? That's a new picture. No, that's the no, cover of book. Which book is the that? first book? The first it's book. L- it's teaching you how to load a bolter, which is fantastic. You put it in the bolter. <laughs> there you go. You've put now the bolter loaded. clip in the bolter. You've loaded a bolter. Good. Done. And probably killed yourself because you're not a space marine. Yep. The probably recoil kick. would probably just smash you. Damn. What do you think of this one? I give it a four. It's I think it's a really again, it's a really well put together book. It's to me, I can see this being something that they would sell separately for thirty or forty bucks and people would still buy it. I think mm. it's as opposed to the hobby book, which approximately three people would buy, 
That one is in the Sisters of Battle E codex. Whatever. They're, they're it's all It's a nice pick. It's, it's, it's that one. That, that one's from really act. old. Anyways, but yeah, the the artwork at the end of the day, it's you know, it's rehashed a lot of it, but it's there's not a lot of bad art in there. There's That's a true. lot of terrible old art of like That's weird a map Necromunda. Yes, the map is new ward. Okay, we guys. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of weird ancient art that they don't include. They they trimmed it down to all the good stuff. So there's lots lots of fluff, lots of art. It is it is filtered down to all the good stuff and organized. Like you don't need eight thousand books worth of um, worth of illustrations carried around. Like it's it's one book. It's all in one place. Tom, you're getting super excited about another old piece of art. But it's the cover from the I Have Terror book. That's ah, awesome. Yeah, that's one that we. Yeah, it's at. Horace holding. Uh, hey, thanks for being thirty uh, seconds behind. Katie. Katie. Well, that's because I'm talking now, not before. Okay, what do you think, Tom? What do you? You know what? I I want to give it a four because. It's not Horace, it's Abaddon. Mike's right. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. it's Abaddon, totally. You're yeah. 100% right. My bad. Jesus. <laughs> He's um, Abaddon's claw. Of course, he, it's Horace's claw. Hor- <laughs> oh, Jesus! Wow. wow, I love how wow. Steve's the only one here that actually me, still plays 40k. Let me take your 40k card away from Apparently, me. I'm dyslexic. No, but I, I, I think know. I want to give this a four because it is really pretty. It's got lots of good fluff. The only beef I have yeah. is probably more of a logistic one on their part than anything else. You only really get one page of text for each of the other races. Yeah, like and my Eldar. What the hell is that? Who cares? Space Marines for days. And, How about my and life? <laughs> no, jam. at the end of the day here, I feel like <laughs> just because they sell the most Space Marines doesn't mean they have to always 100% pander to them. And if they want the sales for the other races to increase, they should give them a little bit more love. I think there's more Space Marine chapters and players than most other races, other than, I guess, Tau and Eldar nowadays and Demons. So, I want to. I think they doubled I, down on everything in this edition. They doubled down on Space Marines. They doubled down on Death Stars. They doubled down on Double Downs. <laughs> so much fried chicken. And you dip it in gravy. It's so good. I, the first Double Down <laughs> I had was with poutine. Oh, okay, Steve. Okay, listen. Can I'm gonna get you to count the pages of Eldar that I have currently here. Okay, so yep, one. Technically, it's a two-page spread, but yeah, two, yep. <laughs> three. Uh, you're on the digital version. Whatever. There's that's that's four. that's four. two pages in the that one. Shut you're up. looking at this on like a tiny little iPad. Whatever. Okay. Anyways, it's a one-sized iPad. Point is, you're right. It is a two-page spread, and then you get the Dark Eldar for two pages. So take that. Yeah. Anyways. I think it's great. I would probably actually... Well, I have paid more for fluff and art books before. So... It just doesn't feel like something I would pay for because it's not... Uh, I'm, I'm really un- underwhelmed by that. But I think we should move on to the real real problem of this edition. The uh, crux, we should say, I guess. The rules. Which are aptly named. The rules. <laughs> uh, the cover on this one is actually my favorite piece of art they had for this entire edition. And shiny. It is a homunculus that just is generally looking like a freak, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, sure. So a homunculus. Dead air. Homunculus, exactly. Um, should we talk about the rules now and the big changes? Well, before we go into that, I'm really fixated with the little how they have the 40k logo is bubbled out on the back of all the books. Yeah, and shiny, and very shiny, and it it might be my favorite thing about this entire release. Wow. Uh, well, we are going to try and stay positive about this part of the That is positive. Podcast. It's great. That is great. Uh, but, again, should we talk about the rules? Are we, are we moving yeah, on to that? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Okay. So, um, let's start with the, the hits. Let's go with things that worked out well. Um, I'm going to start with Flying Monstrous Creatures. Dan, do you want to explain a little bit about what happened with them? Yeah, Flying Monstrous Creatures. Um, I guess the biggest change for them is there's, um, for starters, Vector Strike has changed. 
where when they do their flyover attacks and smash guys that are on the ground, they used to hit him D3 plus one times at AP3. Mm-hmm. Now it's one hit at AP2. Yes. So they're a little bit less aggressive than they used to be in that regard, which is cool. They still hit flyers and flying monsters creatures with D3. It's not D3 plus one, yeah. but D3. Um, and the other big, big change that I know you're really excited oh, yeah. about. Go ahead. Very interested uh, in seeing how this plays out for a lot of different armies is you have to... When you change your flight mode between gliding and swooping, which is the same as before, still the 12-inch move to 24 when you're swooping, uh, and you move as a jump monster creature when you're gliding, when you change your flight mode, you can't charge that turn. So that means when you're swooping along, vector striking people, uh, the next turn you can't just land and charge. You have to land, sit there for a turn, and then you can charge the following turn. Yeah, so I think this is very similar to something that they did with 6th edition, where scouts and infiltrators can't charge on top of turn Mm -hmm. 1. Very much so. I think they just made it so that... I don't know. I guess somebody must have been bum-rushed by White Scars at some point. And, and they uh, so, they, so they wanted to make sure that everybody gets at least one turn to deal with something before it charges them. And somebody now got bum-rushed by Demon Princes, and I guess it's the same thing for 7th. So huh? basically, it's like fantasy now, where you might have to think it more than one turn in, in advance? Oh, totally. With Flying Monster Creatures before, where like an auto, you need to kill a unit, you just land, and you're going to be able to charge next turn. Alright, Ward, what do you think about that? I think you're going to see more Helldrakes. That's all. It's but they're not change. Flying Monsters creatures. They are vehicles. Whatever. Well, that's the point, though. I think it's actually <laughs> a good point to make is Flying Monsters creatures may not be as good in an assault role. Yes. They are definitely still good at psychic phase. They're still good at shooting because they have this Flying Monsters creature still, still have the 360, 360 line of sight, yep. which is actually interesting. You mentioned the Helldrake. The new FAQs just went up today. They can no longer fart fire. The Heldrake, it's, it's the Heldrake sad, has it's sad news for everyone, I guess. <laughs> the only yeah. 45 degree cone, but yeah, that's, the, Hel- that's... the Heldrake has now been restricted to a hull mount rather than a turret mount for its flamer. That's uh, that's so, a little bit yeah. too specific. Let's move. Let's move on from the flyers. That's a big change. Um, I I'm lo- I kind of a little bit loathe to jump right into uh, the psychic phase. So we could go phase by phase. <sighs> we could start, start with, with the movement phase. phase. So. Uh, Movement phase, nothing has really changed. There's nothing there that's... Uh, the flyers are basically the biggest thing. Um, shooting, all the rumors that you saw about... Well, the uh, psychic phase happens before shooting. I just want to leave that to <laughs> last. No, no, I want to actually it. leave that to last. Uh, My OCD phase? disagrees. Sorry. No, Steve. We're going to the psychic phase. Okay. Yeah, you, okay. can, <laughs> you're, you're the one decision. person that disagrees. We all agree that we should talk about the Let's, psychic phase. I, I implore you because it's the part of the game that's the problem. Let's just talk quickly about the assault phase. No, let's talk about... Okay. I thought we were going to do shooting. The shooting phase, nothing has changed. What's changed in shooting? I don't know. <laughs> did, did Snapfire actually go down to minus two ballistic no, skills? No, Snapfire is the same as still, before. Still, still hit on sixes? Still hit on sixes. Okay. And you can't fire blast weapons uh, at all. Which, okay. So well, nothing has changed. Question, okay. So oh, no, that's not true. Actually, one thing has changed. You must now allocate your... Or do your shooting by weapon, and wounds are resolved by weapon. So that means instead of having that wound pool of AP2, AP3, and AP4 and different strengths and that kind of thing, you just do it, your bolters, your plasma guns, your las cannons, that's it. So it's a little oh. more... So yeah, there's, there's a little bit... That's actually a good point because there were some issues before where if you, had, if you had like a whole bunch of flamers in a squad that are only in range of two or three models and one bolter, you could actually use that one model with range to extend the wound pool to like everybody and yeah. just wreck face. Yeah. So they fixed a few things like that, and as well, characters no longer have precision shot. Yeah, that's true. So there's a few of the a few of the crazy units are a little bit less crazy. Oh, so, okay, so clarify for me also in the movement phase, uh, when you had a tactical squad of space marines, for an example, could you 
tell one of them not to move and yep. still be able to shoot their heavy yeah, weapons? Yeah, you okay. can. You'd buy models. So you, if you move, the whole squad doesn't move. It's if the model itself moves. Gotcha. So yeah, your las cannons can stay stationary, and everybody else can. And that's the shoot. same as last week. Yeah, yeah that's, that hasn't changed. And that's of course assuming you take a tactical squad, which lol. Yeah, lol, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're so funny. Okay, uh, the assaults phase. We'll we'll just quickly do that because it hasn't changed much either. The only thing that's big there is when you're charging through difficult terrain, it's minus two to your charge. Everything else pretty much stays the same. All the rumors about consolidating into combat, all that jazz did not pan out. It's, yeah, that's your biggest change is minus two instead of rolling three dice and picking the two lowest. Um, okay, now we can go into the psyche phase, which is entirely what has changed. Uh, yeah, the fact, that there, the fact that there is a psychic phase is actually... You know, part thing. of the change before before a lot of the powers happened in the movement phase the shooting powers were in the shooting phase some of them were the insult phase like it was kind of all over the place and yeah the biggest problem was when do you resolve start of the turn stuff so if you deep strike in yeah. that's at the start of the turn you cast blessings at the start of the turn uh, like it was never really covered well um now it's as well there was yeah. also gray knights were also really confusing for that because the gray knight psychic powers before some of them were revolved, sorry, resolved in, you know, your turn only. Some of them could be in either player's turn. Some of them were shooting, movement, assault, whatever. Some of the codexes, like the older ones, had really confusing psychic powers. Yep. So it's a lot less bookkeeping now because the Grey Knight psychic um, powers actually use Santic from the main rulebook. I wouldn't say that it's a lot less bookkeeping. So one of the other changes with psychic sorry. powers... <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know what actually i think to to deal with this psychic phase you might need a stiff drink um the the issue with the psychic phase now too one of the other things is there is actually more bookkeeping because if you uh select all of your powers from the same uh discipline you get the primaris for free so that means all of your level one psychers that only have one discipline are getting two powers now so uh, a lot of these guys are gonna were spamming divination or spamming um, might be spamming now malefic specifically. They're gonna be getting, you know, if they're level four master, they're getting five, which is a lot more in a lot of ways. What I was referring to with the bookkeeping was more you don't have to know your opponent's codex inside and out to make sure he's not cheating you, because if he's using psychic powers, ninety nine percent of the time they're the same powers that are in your book. That's true. That's true. But yes, there is in fact a lot more spreadsheets and craziness going on just the sheer scale of the magic phase or psychic phase i guess now is a lot larger than it was before i think mm -hmm. oh totally yeah so and that's go ahead oh and i guess for me the one big thing is when you talk about the scale it's crazy because unlike fantasy where there's a limitation on both how many dice you can roll and how many dice <laughs> are in the pool totally limitations what is this yeah that's not 40k <laughs> yeah this edition of 40k has more or less taken the notion of limitations and thrown them out the window Oh, totally. And uh, it also threw windows out the window. Yeah, this just is... Just because. Like, they're so far gone. <laughs> this is a this is a very much... And we'll get into this a little bit later with army selection, but this is a totally a do-what-you-want edition. Um, or, I thought that or, was last edition. Or no, buy all the models. Yeah, so let's go Let's on do what to, you want and just buy everything, please. Before we start just rampaging <laughs> on this topic okay. and how this is going to work in a tournament, but let's talk about the dice mechanic of how this works. Before, Sorry, we, before we even get to that, like... Do you like the idea of adding a psychic phase? How about that? Oh yeah, totally. I'm the the fantasy uh, magic phase works really well. It's I actually great. like it. I think its system, and this is the key difference, is where spells have a casting value of uh, like twelve or or twenty or like larger numbers, and you have to eat or you have to beat that by the number of dice you roll. 
40k changes that up quite a bit in the fact that if you have a warp charge 2 spell, you have to roll two four pluses. It's kind of weird to me because it, it introduces something that I find very reminiscent of Firestorm or Dystopian, any of the Spartan games, that have a successes. Yeah. Where you're just rolling a d6 and a four plus is a success. So in my mind, these warp charges are basically successes. Oh, totally. And you get your X number of dice to try and get that many successes to get your spell. So The problem is that I feel like they learned a lot in fantasy when they went like from the really crappy card system of 5th into the, <laughs> like some of the crazy hijinks of 6th and 7th where you could have potentially 20-plus oh, yeah. power dice. No, 8th is really And tame. then into 8th where they got it. They got it right, and it's mm-hmm. really well. It's balanced. You can get lots of dice. Um, it's sometimes easier to cast, sometimes harder. And it's it feels like even if you don't have wizards, you can still be in that phase. Yes. Whereas in this game, <laughs> it's like they took everything they learned from Warhammer Fantasy and said, fuck it. So the, the biggest thing here is you generate the number of dice based on the... Uh, psychic mastery level of your army plus a d6 so the idea being if you have a farseer who's mastery level three and a warlock that's a total of four plus your d6 you're at 10 at most the problem is there is no cap the problem is zinch yeah or seer councils yes well not even seer councils iandan does it even better yeah that's true because iandan why uh, because they have spirit seers in zero to five in HQ, so you can take ten of them plus warlocks. But and guys still with got two nothing. spells each plus the free Primaris power times five plus your Farseer plus your warlocks. Oh yeah, it gets crazy. Plus Baron Sathanix just cause. So this is gonna get worse. <laughs> Not a psyker, but still really damn good. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, yeah. So we might get some <laughs> profanity in here right no, we, now. No, we are. Uh, this yeah. is this is where yeah, the profanity we, starts. Happening. Children, so, stop listening. So. Eldar do it well. They get a lot of uh, dice. They have nothing on Zinch Demons. So uh, some of the, the guys down at Frontline Gaming have been showing up some battle reports from Zinch armies where on the first turn, they are getting 34 dice before the D6. And that works because they have Fate Weaver in HQ, four Heralds, your six Horrors, which each get two dice a pop for not each model, but for each choice. And then three Demon Princes. Which means, if you take a Librarian in your Space Marine Army with Mastery Level 2 and your D6, you at most have 8 to 35. So where this is really funny is that's if you're actually using a Force Org chart. We're going to talk about that Army Selection stuff later. But I'm just saying, that is the most restrictive way that you can approach it. So if you're playing that game... And here's, so you have that, they introduced a mechanic that is similar to Fantasy where you have the ability to, let's call it, dispel. They call let's it call it that because oh yeah, I it's guess deny it the witch. The same. It's That's called gotcha. deny the witch. Yes, because uh, it's impossible to do. Continue ignoring me. It's yeah, but anyways, uh, deny the witch is for every four plus they roll, you can negate it with a six, and you generate the same number of dice uh, in the same way as your opponent. So yeah, like, you don't generate the same number. Sorry, you generate in the same mechanic. You still get your mastery level plus whatever the value of that d six is. But your dice are worth approximately one-third of what theirs are. Because they need fours, you need sixes. So the idea being if someone rolls six dice at a spell, because you can roll however many you want, you can actually roll 40 if you wanted to. There's no limit on that. And they get, let's say let's say they roll a six and they get three successes. They get a four, five, and a six. You have to roll three sixes, which means on average you now need 18 dice to beat the six they threw at it. Which is really out of scale 
Yeah, it is exceptionally difficult to deny the witch compared to the actual casting. I mean, it does get a little bit easier. You start getting your bonuses if they're dumb enough to target one of your units with a damage spell. But talk, yeah. about, talk about damage spells. Why would you ever cast a Witchfire or Malediction? Because you already cast all of your other spells and you still have power dice. Exactly. All the, all the spells in this edition are blessings. And you don't so, get to add your psychic level to it. You don't get to add uh, runes of uh, warding. You don't get to add Shadow and the Warp because that's another thing. Yep, there's no, you know, the psychic hoods still don't help against blessings or conjurings, which is the new summoning demons. Those are called conjuring spells. That's a whole different thing. I Let's... know, I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> oh my but... God. There's so much to talk about this specific phase as to how bad it is. Mike, you watched us play a game. Let's talk about, let's move into the spells. Okay. Um, I was using a particular, so the list that I took against one of my friends, Barnaby, I took a uh, Wraith Star with five um, Spirit Seers, a Far Seer, and a bunch of Wraith Guard. And I got the spell Invisibility, which is not hard. It's one of the spells in Telepathy. And when you have ten rolls on that lore, you're probably going to get it. It allows you to... So the only thing you can do against... When you're shooting at the unit, you can only snap fire. So that means no blast weapons, no templates. You hit on sixes. Mm -hmm. You saw Barnaby trying to kill that unit. How did that work out? I I think he didn't kill a single thing. You no can't. One. You he can't. didn't kill anything. Yeah, the, the numbers for targeting that unit are staggering. Yeah, because you get, basically, you need sixes to hit with a bolter. You need sixes to wound, uh, because they're tough six average, again. Uh, and then on top of that, with uh, Protect, giving them a plus one to the armor save, so the average armor save is two plus, and Fortune giving them a reroll, it's one in 1,296. Yeah, so you need six six one one, And God forbid the guy casts uh, one of the Biomancy spells or has a Wraith Seer, because then you can get Feel No Pain. Yeah, he doesn't actually... That's actually... He just comes with that spell. He just gives the unit feel no pain. It's not a Biomancy spell, but it's even easier. It's Warp Charge here? 1. The Race Seer has his own, and it's Warp Charge yes. 1. So it's okay. really easy to cast that, too. Yes. But, but the, uh, the one on Biomancy is feel no pain 4+, plus though. Oh, which no, is... So good. So if you want to shoot, like, 3,000 shots into a squad to try and kill one guy, go ahead. Yeah, so point is, is that invisibility is one of the ones where... Me and, me and you, had, Dan, had the same uh, sort of reaction as, why is Invisibility better, and why is Misfortune worse? What does yeah, Misfortune do? Misfortune in the previous edition was one of my favorite spells. I used to play with, um, I used to play a lot of times with my Raven Guard as Blood Angels for two reasons. To get Scoring Assault Marines, which now you can just, everything is scoring. And also <laughs> to get access to Divination, which now Marines have access to Divination. So Blood Angels kind of, I don't know. I don't really know why you would take them at the moment. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's that's what I used to take. And I used to take it specifically for Misfortune a lot of the time because you'd run into these big Death Star units, and I'm not much of a power gamer, so I need everything I can get to try and take down a Death Star. And Misfortune used to be able to cast it on an enemy unit and force them to reroll successful saves. So, like, in one game, I you know, I was playing against Deathwing, backed up by Imperial Guard. The guy had um, a squad with, what's his name, Belial? Mm-hmm. So you had Belial and a squad of um, guys with the Storm Shields, Deep Strike in, and I hit them with Misfortune, and, you know, 3-plus invuls are great. 3-plus that you have to reroll the successes, you start dying pretty quickly. Yep. So, yeah, somebody drops a Death Star unit in front of you. I mean, not that that's the scariest Death Star in the game by any stretch, but you yeah, can, but if it... they have that invul save that's normally really hard to crack, hit them with, or with Misfortune, and they're that much, like, almost exponentially easier to kill. And so Misfortune now, now yep. you cast it on an enemy unit, which, to begin with, is kind of a bad idea, because most Death Stars have a high-level Psyker in them, so it's way easier to dispel that. That's the instance where you get all your bonuses to Deny the Witch. But um, in addition, if you're hit with Misfortune, 
all attacks against you are rending, but if you have invulnerable and cover saves, you still get them. Yeah, it's not... It's a no-way game. Like, they took Misfortune, which was a very balanced and useful spell, and made it just, eh. Like, yeah, like, cares? there are a lot of instances where having... Like, if you, if you shoot a Riptide with uh, Misfortune, then all the attacks against it are rending. So, Bolter shooting at it aren't a complete waste of time anymore, or, like, las guns in a guard army. But let's There's be examples, here. right? Like, there are cases where it's useful, but it's it used to be one of the best tools for dealing with Death Stars. Now, there's virtually no tools for dealing with Death Stars. Should you also clarify Death Stars for newer players? Yeah, yes, it should. is a 120-mile diameter space station with a big... <laughs> Equatorial trench and uh, focusing laser. No, a death and one very specific weakness: exhaust parts. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say gin. They they fixed it in the later editions, um, but no, the a Death Star represents in 40k a unit that is vastly uh, disproportionate to the points you put into it. It's it's going to be either that yeah, much more survivable or kill that much. It's more. a massive. You know, huge investment. It's generally overkill, and snub fighters are completely useless against it. <laughs> so, when it's, or so goes the conventional wisdom. So, <laughs> so we, the the big Death Stars you saw in sixth were your Seer Council or Seer Star, and whatever version it was. Usually, Jet uh, Jet Seer Council, which was Jet Bike Seer Council yeah. for those not up on the lingo on the Eldar shenanigans. You those saw, who aren't cutting with the lingo. Uh, <laughs> those of whom the Eldar uh, are not their jam. Not the Eldar are my jam, totally. Uh, the other Death Star you saw a lot was the Screamer Star, which was a bunch of heralds of Zinch and Screamers of Zinch in a unit, um, backed up with Grimoire, so they'd get the two plus rerollable. It's kind of a theme with a lot of these is the two plus yes, rerollable. If you can get a two plus rerollable save, preferably invul or cover, you're probably doing okay. Yeah, and that's the the Seer Council had that. The Screamer Star has that. The other one that you saw a lot of time was, oh, uh, the name's escaping me. The Silly Marines with the uh, grab guns, Centurion Star. Centurions. So yeah, Tigurius and Marnius Calgar and Centurions and everybody all hanging out having a party. Yeah, they had two plus saves uh, a lot of times with Tigurius giving them re rolls. Maybe it wasn't involves, but who well, cares? he could give them the four plus involve from that psychic yeah, power, exactly. and he Which gets to bad. choose psychic powers, so you always get it. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's by no means uh, that was a it was the least survivable of an insanely okay. survivable. Okay, so let's wrap up this psychic phase before it gets too. We long. still got more to go. We have no. We've completely missed malefic demon powers, and we need to talk about this. Okay, yeah, they're kind of an issue. So malefic demon powers allow you to. This is this is an this is arguably a cash grab. First, let me preface this. What do you as, mean arguably a cash grab? I don't think there's any arguing involved. Fair enough, cash it's a cash grab. grab. Um, the spells basically the Primaris allows you to spawn 10 demons with a free icon of chaos uh, 4, 5, and 6 also spawn more demons being uh, like Screamers of Zinch um, and then the other one would give you like Blood Crushers and then the last one finally gives you well then I think the 4 you can summon a Herald the 5 you can summon, yes, summon right. the monstrous units like the, the Plague Drones and the Blood Crushers yes, and, that, yes, and yes, Fiends yes. and 6 is the Caster turns into a Greater Demon yeah and the problem with these is they have laughably low warp charge values when you have unlimited dice, basically, for a Zinch army. Um, the spawn 10 guys is a 3, so that means you reliably can get it with 6 dice. And if you summon horrors in subsequent turns, they start generating power dice. The only saving grace is they don't do it on the turn they are summoned. But they yes. can still cast. They can cast, but, yes. they, can, they, but units, they don't generate. Units that are conjured cannot cast conjuring spells on that turn. Yeah, so they so can you cast can't, like Flame of Zinch or Bolt of Change or whatever the yeah, spell so you is. Yeah, so you can't have your Psyker summon horrors, which then 
one of them turns into a herald and the herald then turns into a greater demon. That is that is multiple <laughs> separate turns worth of castings. That's but not just you getting like 600 points for the free stuff all in one go. Let's not forget though, you summon 10 guys, they get that one roll in the malefic powers and they get a greater demon. Uh, they get roll that six where they can summon greater demons. That means every turn they can throw six dice at it and turn one of the crappy horrors yes, in you that can unit. Turn, you can that turn one of your what? That was in the like, first place. Yeah, and even if you did have to pay for them, they're what, like eight points each or something? Like, <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You can turn each one of those potentially in a game into a greater demon well you could turn i guess seven at most seven turns and and the reason oh yeah that's right just not enough turns and then the reason for the cash grab is just because you have to have the models yeah, yeah you, you have must to have, have them all down but this is this is a problem i think okay so malefic powers are insane when you have 40 power dice oh and you have like you can cast like a heavy flamer shooting attack or something because that, that's awesome um i would suggest anybody that wants to see more about how that particular uh situation works Check out the Frontline Gaming Battle Report with Frankie's uh, Zinch Demons against an Imperial Army. He starts with 1,750 points and ends the game with... Uh, he had summoned close to 4,000, so I think he was around a 5,500-point army at the end of the game. Which, I don't know how you win with anything. Against bananas. That. that is totally bananas. <laughs> John Wong, you need to paint more demons. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, too, is if you want to have the tools to deal with something... Like, I need, I have playing against a bunch of Wraith Knights and I need rending. I'll just summon some Screamers. Or not Screamers, uh. Demonettes. Demonettes. Or seekers or. Yeah. yeah. You get the tools to deal with what. Like, you get flexibility with summoning that no other army has. Now, there is one downside to this lore, and that is if you do not have the demon trait, yeah. you will miss. You have a Perils of the Warp on any double. So you will kill yourself eventually. Uh, not necessarily. That's another caveat. Not if you're Eldar. <laughs> God. So Eldar can apparently summon Slanesh demons, because, sure. Yeah, Steve and I were laughing about that earlier. Having a Seer Council summoning just hundreds and hundreds of, Z of Slanesh demons? And they God, that would be priceless. They want perils, too, because they have ghost helms, so you can spend a warp charge, which is apparently easy to come by in this edition, to ignore your perils. But on top of that, perils actually aren't as terrifying as they used to be in a lot of ways. Um, the chart primarily revolves around bad things happen with lower results like 1, 2, and 3. But you can avoid those on a leadership test. Leaderships on psychers are generally pretty high. So uh, the one where you explode, you avoid that by making a leadership test. Um, but if you roll a five and you pass a leadership test, nothing happens. You don't even take a wound. So there's no penalty there. And if you roll a six, you just get awesome. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how that works. You, you perils and then you go a full-on steroid <coughs> monster and you, you get better. You hulk it up. Yeah, you get your three plus invul, flesh bane, armor bane, and smash. And smash. smash. I always forget smash. So the point is, if you decide to throw, I don't know, twenty dice at some ridiculous spell, and you perils all over the place, and your opponent has no hope of dispelling it because they can't roll enough sixes, you might actually get better. When you say perils all over the place, you mean perils once. Yeah, you can only perils once. Yeah, if you roll, because <laughs> you perils if you roll double sixes with demonology. If you're not a demon. Um, you perils on any no. double, but yeah, you can if you roll like five sixes, it's not a worse perils. It's still just a perils. Yeah, yeah and I mean that's the thing. And if you, you roll that many sixes, the power is going off. Yeah, and you yeah. roll you roll twenty dice at it, and you roll double ones, you're still passing the power. And again, if you're an elder, uh, sorry, is it double ones for perils or sixes? Both. Well, if, if you're casting malefic powers, you don't have right, right, right. USR. Okay. Any double does it. So Fair you can enough. roll double one, double two, double three, double four. Yeah, we got it. You're still passing it. <laughs> It's just stupid. I don't understand why there's not multiple perils in that situation. 
Anyways, let's talk about army selection. Tom, I know you were a little upset uh, Well, did we touch much on how impossible it is to actually stop spells? Yeah, we did. Yeah, okay. we, we rolled a little bit before the, the event, or before the podcast, like, tonight. The event. And, uh, well, I think it's an event. I'm excited every Tuesday. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it took me a while to actually get rid of that one... We were, that Steve had like the first roll. I was. We were just saying like, here's my uh, roll to try and cast uh, invisibility. I threw nine dice at it, had four successes, which is a little lower than your statistical average. Trying to get those four sixes with your twelve the spell dice was nigh impossible, and that's more than I rolled. It took me a while. Yeah, yeah. Right. There were there were rolls in Steve and Barnaby's game where they were rolling like all twenty dice they had for power dice. To get rid of a single spell and failing to dispel it. Yeah, it's just a waste of time. It slows things down. It's another one of those things where you're, you're generating all these spells you're not going to use. You're rolling all these dice that yeah, aren't going to matter. Yeah, of the 22 spells that you generated, how many did you cast Four. throughout the game? Four. Yeah. Four. <laughs> they were completely useless. Like, I had... Uh, I only needed invisibility, fortune, and protect. And I th- think I might have threw quicken? out a quicken once. Or what was the... What's the default power for Ayandan? Oh, Vail, I didn't throw out that one at all. I, I thought you did. It. I thought no. you did Battle Focus once. No, I didn't do it at all. I just did Quicken. Okay. So four. I might have used five. Okay. <laughs> so the moral of the story is that the psychic phase is bullshit. Oh, it's terrible. It's an awful mechanic. And so we try to be positive on this podcast, and I'm trying and to find uh, a good thing to say about it. I can't. The good thing, or I guess the positive spin on it, is if you're playing with a 6th edition style army for the most part. Like, a lot of armies didn't take much in the way of psychers. If you're playing, a, like, a typical marine army versus, like, a typical orc army... You're fine. The psychic phase does have, like, oh, I have five power dice, you have three to spell. Like, it's not that crazy. But the big problem, of course, is the inequality of if you play one of these armies that is built inherently around psychic, you know, psychic units, there's very little you can do to shut it down. Okay, but you're yeah. thinking about... You're thinking it's the 6th edition, and you only can take two HQ choices and two Psychers. Let's get into no, my but, biggest beef. Yeah. Why are you taking two Psychers, Tom? Because librarians aren't demons of Zinch. <laughs> I guess, right? <laughs> but this is the edition where I was really excited because they had the Unbound in the rumors, and there was the, the Battle Forged. And so I, what are those? What do those represent now? There's almost no difference, functionally, when you really think mm. about it. Because... The only difference is that if you're taking the Battle Forged, you have to have at least one HQ and two troops for every three of anything else you have. Yeah, so you're still bound by the traditional Forge organization chart, but you can take as many multiples of that chart as you want, as long as you're filling in the prerequisites. Okay, now there's And te- you can also ally as many detachments as you have points to allow. There's yeah. technically a bonus you get for being a battle-forged army. You can re-roll your warlord trait. It still yep. says nothing about it only involving one. I, yeah, we're you gonna you get just to have to have that one four-sorg chart existing in the army we're to get the get bonuses. So you can still do anything you want. Oh, I know. More importantly, you can buy all of the models. <laughs> yeah, so not only can you re-roll your Warlord trait, But I can't play Iron Warriors! You can do anything you want. Tom? Tom? You need to stop before the police come knocking on our door. Yeah, they're thinking we're torturing you. No, uh... <laughs> well, I guess we kind of are. We kind of are torturing you by Jervis, making you... Jervis, look what you've done to Tom. Yeah, make... He made me buy a $100 white dwarf. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the other thing is you also get uh, objectives secured on your troops... Which, yes. um, everything in this edition now scores, because 
originally just because people were buying troops because you needed them to score now we want you to buy elites and other things because they score two i guess what don't you already have three of you should probably buy three well elites weren't good in the last edition so now they're good um (laughs) but objective secured basically means that um if you have two units contesting and one of them has is a is a troops unit with objective secured they out contest any other unit Unless the other unit, of course, also has objective security, yeah, in which just, case it contests the game. There's probably a better way of explaining that, but basically if you have if you have a Battleforge tactical squad sitting on an objective and some asshole fast attack guy swings by, that fast attack unit cannot take the objective away from the tactical squad. If at the end of the game those Marines are sitting on that objective and so is the fast attack squad that does not have objective mm-hmm. secured, the tactical squad gets it. Yeah, so that's that's objective secured. Now, a Battleforged army... You need to take one combined arms attachment or detachment plus your allies, and a combined arms attachment allows you a fortification as well as a Lords of War. Now, no? to be fair, it's at least one. At least one. But, and you were, you said this, and this is the thing that just destroys my, my brain, you can take as many combined arms detachments as you want. So that means you can take one HQ and two troops and three Heldrakes and then do it again and again. And again, and still Battleforged. There's no downside to that. I don't see the difference between you can also, that. You can also take as many allied detachments as you want, too, as long as you're making those minimums. So, like, you can yep. have an Eldar detachment and a Tau detachment and a Demon detachment all in the same army. Even the Come the Apocalypse allies, which you used to not be able to take at all, you can yeah, still throw some take... Tyranids in there. Yeah, why you can not? still take them. Like, I guess that's the positive thing, is Tyranids can now take allies. But Give that's them the some thing. love. That's the thing, is they're, they're Battleforged. Still, somehow, and the only difference is you took, like, 40 cultists, whereas the guy that did the exact same list and didn't take those is is just saving the 40 cultist points. And he's just getting an extra Heldrake. And it's now, his is unbound, yours is still a stupid army and makes no sense, and in my mind is unbound, but you qualify for being a Battleforge. Oh, but don't forget, when you're Battleforge, you get to re-roll your Warlord trait. Oh, I know. And, Woo! Uh, so, point is, army selection makes little to no sense i wouldn't even call it army selection it really is truly take what you want and if you include some troops you might get to re-roll your warlord trait yeah that's really all it comes down (laughs) to the other hilarious thing about battleforged armies empty drop pods have objective secured oh yeah totally so you can so you can drop empty empty drop pods into the enemy deployment zone and if they're playing unbound you can capture all the objectives and one of the objective cards which is kind of a joke yeah, there's yeah. some of them that involve, you know, if you capture all the objectives <sighs> or double the objective as your opponent, so, you get a massive boost in your, your victory points. Maybe I will have to build some draw pods, John Wong. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll have to paint the board. Well, I'll get points for building. You'll get half. You'll get uh, half. Uh, there you go. <laughs> no, and or what we could do steps, is... Tom, baby steps. Steve could buy a draw pod and then build it <laughs> and then sell it to Ward, who will then sell it back to me and then I'll paint it wait, and we'll wait. still only get one point. And I'll no, try no, no. and buy what it back get... at the end of that hole, too. If Ward <laughs> builds all of our models and then we paint them, do we get do we get to double dip? Well, oh, I don't know about double dipping. I assume I assume tag teaming, we could still get points, just not no, double No, because we points. get an extra half point <laughs> for everything. with all this, like, like innuendo? Like, oh, I didn't think tag teaming was innuendo. Nor double dipping. <laughs> I just was thinking now Triple H and man wrestling. Now you do. Oh my. Oh, this um, is getting out of hand. Okay, so, yeah, this this is going to get out of hand because... We're, this, we're all riled up This now. podcast, we knew it was going to be bad because nobody is really into this. Nobody's uh, happy. Nobody's well, having a good we time. We were excited, and then Saturday happened. Well, so here's yeah. the thing. You mean Rex Manning Day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. You might need to elaborate on that one. Yeah, for those that weren't raised in the 80s... Um, 
Yeah, Rex Manning Day is uh, my analogy for the 40K 7th edition release day. If you remember Empire Records, how excited those little children were when Rex Manning was going to come and grace them with his presence in the record store. He basically them with something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but he showed up and he was, they were super excited and he's a complete douchebag. And then everyone was all sad and introspective and... You know, questioning their life decisions, which is exactly what we were doing on Saturday afternoon after buying the army. Or the it was worse for me on Sunday after I played a game. <laughs> so if you guys haven't realized by now, yeah. I'm a 40k fanatic, and I am not having fun with. Yeah, this. there I was go. some serious soul searching going on after that um, game. I got a text from Steve, and this is the guy that for the last four years has been like, "Hey Tom, come play 40k. Hey Tom, come play 40k. Hey Tom, come play 40k." And he's just he says to me, "I don't think I want to play 40k anymore." Yeah, it was. It's. I, I didn't know what to do. I still really like the models, and I'm still going to be painting up the stuff I have, but uh, it's going to be tough to get into the tournament scene, which we'll talk about in a second. But I do want to come back to those objective cards because we, we reviewed them on how nice they looked. <laughs> which is <laughs> great if you want to spend $8 on cardstock. They're c- c- coasters. Did they only cost me $8? I can't remember how much I paid for them. They're $8. Bucks. The other ones were 12 or 14 So let's That's let's talk about terrible. how absolutely god-awful as a game mechanic and useless they are. No, no. The game mechanic is fantastic. The cards themselves and what are on them and how amazingly not useful they are is what's terrible. It was lazy That's, rules writing. That, yeah, that was a very elaborate way of saying the rules are lazy. So I think at the end of the day, whether you're rolling on a D66 chart, which is in the rule book, or playing with the cards, the concept of them kind of makes sense. These neat little secondary objectives that you can, you draw a hand of cards. and Except they're not secondaries. Yeah. They're, they just count as points, and they add up really quickly if you get the good ones. So we should, we should probably uh, elaborate. They're only used, <laughs> the 6th edition scenarios are still in the book as the main scenarios. Yeah. That hasn't changed. So if you're expecting the way you play this game to change... So, like, Purge the Alien, Relic. Yeah, that's all Big there. guns never tire. Uh, and they still didn't fact Relic. You can still put it in a Necron, uh, Doomside, or Nightside, and have it, who knows, go somewhere. Yeah, you can still put it in the flyer, have it crash, and then get teleported into an alternate <laughs> end space reality and type And no, no one gets the Relic, and who knows Yeah, nobody happens. gets the Relic. That's what um, you get for playing 40k. Uh, but... <laughs> So those scenarios are still there, but they've introduced this Maelstrom of War scenarios that I don't think you'll ever see outside of a friendly game because they all use the same mechanic, which is these cards, and the way it works is you set up six objectives numbered one through six, and they correspond to uh, the first half of the card deck. So that's where we're talking about it getting lazy. The first half is if you roll a one and... So the one being the tens, and then the uh, the next d6 being the ones. That corresponds. The one corresponds to the. Uh, this is really hard to <laughs> explain over over podcast. So you roll a dice, and that's your your tens digit. You roll another dice, that's your ones digit. So you get it's d66. There's 36 combinations. Yeah. So if you roll like a an one 11, and a one, yeah. that would be 11, and that corresponds to did you have objective number one. If you get that, you discard the card, you get a point. And 21 does the same thing, and 31 does the same and thing. And then it's the same thing for uh, number 12. You yeah. get, did you have objective 2? Because that's the number in the 1s column, and that's the same for 22 and 32, yeah, and so, on. So 1 to 16 is the same as 21 to 26, is the same as 31 to 36. So it's exactly half of the deck you just bought is a rehash. It just like There's no... To be fair, if you buy a regular deck of cards, there's four of everything in it. Okay, it's true. Uh, now, I would like to say I don't hate this mechanic because I like the fact that you are trying to get objectives at the end of a turn. 
I just feel like yeah. they could have done more but than a lot just... Of people, and a lot of people were calling for that. With um, with 6th edition and all the editions, well, maybe not all the editions, most of the prior editions, objectives only mattered on the final turn of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were saying, like, can't there be a mission where you score points every turn? And that's kind of what this is doing. Okay, but now but we got to get into the, the cards, other half. Because the cards are random, you get, like, a complete mishmash, and it's just, it's not really balanced. So the first half of the deck, you can kind of under- assume that 50% of what you're going to see in your hand is going to be obs- securing objectives. You're going to need some fast-scoring elements for these uh, missions. But the other half is these sort of one-off, weird little uh, missions. Like, might be cast a psychic power, get a point. Uh, shoot down a flyer, get a point. Make the enemy fail a morale check, get a point. Which is hilarious against demons. That's the point. Is there some of these ones, like, for uh, for example, if you have three uh, scoring units in the enemy deployment zone, you get D3 victory points. So that comes up. It basically means that if you draw at the beginning of your mission, you get three cards for the, the main first mission and the other ones are just variations of the theme of how many cards you get and whether or not you yeah, have Sometimes to you get opponent. more, sometimes you get less, whatever. It's basically the same thing. You get three cards and of those three cards, if you get force a morale check, shoot down a flyer and cast a psychic power and the other guy is fearless, doesn't have a flyer and you don't have psychers, you have the only way you can change those cards out is by discarding one per turn. So you have to hope that on turn two you get something you can score and if you don't, then you have to hope on turn three you get something you can score, and you don't. And if the other guy gets, you know, D three uh, victory points for having just drop pods in the deployment zone, he's already ahead of you by a huge amount. Okay, so the moral of the story is that the cool idea failed to execute. Totally failed. So I think yeah. we can probably cap off the rules discussion here because we are going pretty long right now. Oh yeah, we knew we were gonna. We're just about <laughs> done the first overtime period. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, so, what do you guys want to rate the rules? Do I have to? Well, we did it for all the other books. Uh, come to me last. I want to listen to everybody else. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a two. I think they fixed things that they didn't need to fix, and I think that they worried about things that... I don't know. I, I, I'm not a big fan of Unbound. I, I think it's going to really affect tournament play. and Which we this, still talk about. This is going to be a beer and pretzels game for me. That's, totally. that's the biggest thing, unless a tournament really puts restrictions on that I agree with. Okay, let me just clarify. I feel like 40K was my wife, and uh, she's sleeping <laughs> around with somebody right now, so I'm going to say one, because I'm really unhappy with this everything. Is, this is not the game that you married? <laughs> yes, this is not the game I married. <laughs> this is not the game I remember or fell in love with. That's a good analogy, actually. <laughs> At the beginning there, I thought it was going to get weird, but that's really apt. <laughs> yeah, Um. for myself... um. From a competitive standpoint, I think the game right now is kind of out to lunch. Um, as a guy where I was, most of the games I'm looking to play in the near future was 30k heresy lists, and mm-hmm. they they already have their own force org chart. The rights of war already have their own restrictions on how to build armies. I think we're kind of in that vein. We're kind of insulated. Like we're the group where we're doing it because it's freaking cool, not because we want to crush face. Like you can't take course heresy to a tournament anyway. So I think for me, I don't think it changes a lot. It means I'm terrified to ever go to a regular event and just get crushed by Tau and Demons. But I don't know. For casual play, I still think the game has a lot of merits to it. They did fix a lot of the things I didn't like about the previous edition. But for everything they fixed, they broke something new. So I think it's still like... So how many pucks? It's Uh, tough, eh? Yeah, I think for casual play, it's higher. For tournaments, it's garbage. But I think you could merge it to about a three. I think it's still playable, just it's hard to take the game seriously. All right. Tom? 
I'm gonna give it a five because it's gonna make Steve play War Machine. Oh, <laughs> dude, really? <laughs> oh, okay. So that comes. No, to- no. But in all seriousness, it's shit. <laughs> like, I, I, this for me was really the kind of last straw. Of, I had the Wood Elf book in my hands for the last couple of weeks, and I thought they did such a great job with it, and they've been hitting fantasy out of the park for a couple of years now. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. is You don't hear a lot about fantasy, but very slowly and quietly, the army books that came out were they were very balanced. They're, they're pretty well in line with each other. I like the direction of the game. I like the models they're coming out with. There's only a very few small mechanics that need a bit of tweaking. Yeah, like skirm- right. skirmishers could use a fix and very few other things Fast really cap, need it. But anyways, to get more back to yeah, point. But I mean, all in all, it's a great system. So why? But yeah, so 40k, the big breadwinner moneymaker. I'm just going to keep cutting off Tom because he's really amped up right now and I can tell this is driving him crazy. But yeah, sorry, I'm done. Okay, so, <laughs> what, so I was really excited about this and Steve had kind of been getting me excited about 40k again. It's like, oh, there's a new addition. Oh, hey, there's going to be turn-based objectives. Oh, hey, they're going to be fixing things, and Unbound will be its separate thing. That means probably there's going to be this interesting, restrictive mechanic with Battleforge. No. No, it's just do whatever the hell you want, whenever you want, and so you're the serious, psychic phase is bullshit. And you're, just, serious, you're serious puck writing. What do you think? It's got to be a one, man. Does it remind the, you of that Simpsons episode where it's like, I'll do what I want? or what? <laughs> oh, totally. What do what I want. Yeah, but here's the thing. <laughs> Not only for me, but I know a lot of guys where this edition was kind of the... The last real it was chance the for 40k. Like, 40k either is gonna be good again or gone forever. Yeah, I never, I never really realized how much I liked Six Edition until it was gone. I miss it so much. <laughs> That's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Sorry, I was gonna say something really bad, so I'm not gonna do it. All right, well, my begrudging rating is gonna be a two. Um, they fixed some things, which is why it's not a one. But they made more problems! Which is why it's. Yeah, it's Shadow, not a Shadow five. and the Warp and all kinds of rules just don't really function Where properly are anymore. FAQs, GW? Why did the, you... the FAQs came out and they just didn't I know. change anything. Like, how did you not see Shadow and the Warp? It's a minus three to leadership test for psychic phase. You don't use. That's the Tyranids thing! That's how they get. Well, Sorry. if you perils, a lot of those perils you have to take a leadership test. Unless you're Eldar. Yeah, unless you just have one warp charge lying around spare. But yeah, it's, Which of it's course really weird. they will. And it affects the Grey Knights too. Just Aegis... admit it. She was fooling around on you. You don't like it. It's yep. never going to be the same. She's not the love of your life anymore. That's She's tainted. True. Move on. Uh, I am I am morbidly curious to see the first big tournaments in the States run with 7th. I am. I really want to see what happens. The, what? I don't... <laughs> That's why I didn't say it. That's why I didn't say it. All right, Ward. You can put that in the show notes. <laughs> okay, so let's transition this into talking. What are our thoughts for how we're going to try to approach I have a headache. this game for tournament play? Should we say that's that for after hours? Because we're already at an hour said. 20. Yeah. We, well, could have our, we could have an inaugural after hours episode because we still... I don't know if we've really come to a consensus you know on this stuff yet. We, don't, we haven't. Let's stay tuned. We're going to sign off from here because no, otherwise... No, we got to talk about some events. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah, we, we're not quite done. We're just not going to go off on yet another L- segment Listen, listen on to tournaments. We're going to have another little short uh, rant here you can get outside of this podcast. It's going to talk about our ideas for fixes coming up. It'll be more of a yeah. forum kind of Which thing. Which will be the inaugural episode of what we're going to like to call Hobby Knit in Canada After Hours. <laughs> that was, shouldn't have had a question. <laughs> um, okay, I, I'm so... <laughs> so the the one event that I would like to really plug because it's the one that our club is putting on is it came from out of the basement it is going into its sixth year 
I this is this is the best event in my mind in sorry word because <laughs> it's it's just awesome. We've run it for so long. I love this thing, and I don't get to be there for the Saturday. I have to be at a bachelor party, and it's like but you get so to play Drop Zone on Friday. I uh, yeah, I'm gonna be there for the right. Drop Zone. You better be there. Yeah, because I'm I normally it now. I was gonna be running a uh, 40k. Unfortunately, I can't. So I think Barnaby's stepping up in my stead. Yeah. Uh, we do our. We usually do uh, 40k fantasy and War Machine, but this year we're going to be doing a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Well, and we talked about that last podcast. Yeah. We listed off everything. Uh, a couple little changes worth mentioning. Um, all of the players packs are now up and accessible, except um, for 40k. Except for 40k, because, because we're we don't still know what the hell sure. to do. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and actually in after hours, yeah, but we'll sure. keep going on. So we've got uh, a couple little changes just to mention. Uh, Warmer Fantasy, I said was 2,400 points. It's actually going to be 2,500 points. Uh, and that's in the Players Pack, which you can find either on our page or on the... Our page is in It Came From Under the Basement on Facebook or on the um, the War Edmonton Warhammer page. It's been linked into there. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's it for changes. Other than that, remember you can play Malifaux, Drop Zone, Infinity, X-Wing, Attack Wing, Firestorm Armada, Dystopian Wars, Warhammer 40k, Warhammer Fantasy, there's a War Machine singles and doubles event. It's yep. going to be awesome. And we have a venue confirmed for our pub night. We're going to be at Sherlock Holmes. Oh, awesome. Oh, nice. Because it just opened up near the U of A. Yeah, so good. we've got oh, that nice. there on the Saturday night. I highly suggest, even if you're not going to the event, go to the pub night. Pub night yeah. is awesome. And remember, those of you that have one in the past, if you bring your glasses with you, we'll fill it with beer. Yeah, and if you've won multiple times, you can bring two glasses? Well, yeah. I, yeah. To, I to, it, to be fair, to. if it's two, you can bring two. If you have three, you could bring three. How many do you got, Ward? Fuck you. But <laughs> those of you that have the glass mugs, if you take a picture of it with your phone and bring it in, we'll probably give you a beer anyways because we're not going to expect you to bring the breakable prizes. Yeah, the pewter ones are good and dentable and won't smash all over everything, so bring those. Okay, so other than that, there's the Attack Wing Arena OP event at Happy Harbor happening on Wednesday, June 4th at 6 p.m. There's the Attack Wing Tholian Web at Thunderground happening on Tuesday, June 17th at 6.30. Uh, do you guys know any details further about those events? Uh, no, no. Points I believe, I believe they should both be 100 points as far as I'm aware right now. I'm not totally sure about Tholian Web some... on, on their website. We have that up on yet. whose website? I thought on the uh, WizKids website. Oh, yeah. Uh, the scenario stuff is up on there, but some yeah. of the game sizes are up to the tournament organizers. Okay, gotcha. So I think your best bet on these fronts is to, uh, if you're in the Edmonton Attack Wing um, Facebook group, then most of the events get posted up on there. So there's uh, a lot of information on there. Or you can just, you know, contact, call the stores, um, which is, again, Happy Harbor for um, the Arena event and Thunderground for Tholian Web. Give them a shout, ask them what it's all about, and they should be able to relay you the information for the event, or at least point you in the right direction again. Okay, uh, next up we've got the X-Wing Regionals at Century Box down in Calgary. Which I'm pretty sure, Dan, you're going to be going to? Yeah, I actually uh, I won the Thunderground Store Championship event, so I will be going, and I will be sitting out the first round with a bye, so I will Ooh, count, as having, count as having a win against an undefeated opponent without even having to show up in the first game. So and that's, that's on Saturday. I should, pro- I should probably still show up, let's be, let's yeah, be you real. Can, you can sleep in, is that that's the big thing? Well, it's in Calgary, so I'm probably not sleeping in 10, either. you can sleep in. Yeah, <laughs> it's Saturday, June 21st at 10 a.m., and that covers it. The only other thing after that is going to be July 4th and 6th out of the basement. Which we already talked about. Which we already talked about. Awesome. Well, as always, thanks for tuning in to Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm sorry that we had to talk about 40K this episode for so long. I'm Steve. <laughs> I'm Ward. Mike. And I'm Dan. 
We'll talk to you guys later. Until then, paint some fucking models that are not 40K.